welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And I'm Daryl Eddington. This week, we are going to be reviewing the film Turning Red on Disney+. Plus. Before we get to that, wanted to talk about some news about Netflix that came out this week. Like many Netflix things, this is starting out as a test, so... Don't assume that this will will come to you wherever you are, but Netflix uh, has been testing or just started testing out a feature that will charge users extra for basically for sharing their password with people who aren't in their household. So they may basically, if you're sharing your password with a friend, they may at some point get a notification or you may at some point get a notification saying, oh, do you want the you know this person outside your household to continue to access your your account if so pay a couple extra bucks how do we feel about that that's terrible no i I don't i don't mind it but yeah i'm i've been a i've been an above board netflix user for a long time so you're not above board about other things though i'm above board on all (laughs) art consumption that's right and you're not. We love art. We love and support art. Wait, no, I'm not. That's not true. Did, uh, there's a <laughs> yeah. couple things that work Torrent around. the things, yeah. But, but listen, I mean, it's good. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I think it's right. <laughs> I, I think I'm for it. Like, I, get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, go get your own Netflix account or get out of here. I think that they have good, they've proven good value. So I feel like the value is commensurate with the price they're charging. And I, I agree. If, if that changes, then I would change my opinion. But I, they, and they let it go for so long. I think the worst part is that they let it go for so long. Me too. I think that's like kind of slimy because, like, I mean, remember back in the day when Richard Plepler was like, we're in the business of creating addicts. Like, I don't mm-hmm. care if people are sharing their HBO password. I don't care right. at all. Like, I just want people to be addicted to our content. There's yeah. something like kind of slimy about that part, right? Like, <laughs> And I think Netflix did the same thing where they were like, yep, go ahead, get, show them all that's out there. Let them fall in love with, you know, 25 shows that we're bringing back next year. And then we'll flip a switch one day. Right. So it kind of is that part slimy, but like the, the switch should still be flipped or it should have been flipped or it can be, you know what I mean? Like, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. And anybody who does just needs to ask themselves, like, how do you spend your time and how do you spend your money? Like those two things should pretty much go hand in hand. If you're spending a lot of time watching Netflix and you're spending no money on it, then look at your balance sheet. Right. And adjust, right? I I think the two asterisks I would put on that are, A, I I think it may not necessarily be this sort of grand plan that they had, but also the fact that Netflix has had a a rough few quarters. And so I think they're in this position where there's a lot of pressure for them to improve their finances and to make more money from the subscribers that they have right now. Um, so it's not necessarily like they plan to do this all along or, or even that they will eventually do it, but I think they're feeling the pressure to test out ways to make more money and see how people respond. Um, I think the other is that a lot of it will come down to implementation. Um, in the article that uh, Sarah Perez wrote for TechCrunch, uh, she talks about some of the different things they're looking at in terms of actually determining like who is and isn't part of a household because you know in the in the before days we all traveled a lot for work and it would be really annoying if you know we were in vegas for ces trying to watch netflix and then netflix was like oh no, no no now you're a different household you owe us a couple extra bucks it would be pretty frustrating so if they do it in a way where 
it is relatively accurate and probably some stuff will still slip through that probably is justifiable but if every time you change location or device it thinks you're a different person that could get pretty frustrating pretty quickly yeah yeah hulu did that for a while because i'm on the hulu live subscription and like i think they fixed it now but it was at a point where like I was going back and forth between Brooklyn and Danny's in Pennsylvania for a while. Mm-hmm. And I would like sign into Hulu on both things. And it would ask me like, is this your new home address? And if you say no, it gives you nothing. Like not even mm. like the on-demand stuff. Wow. And if you say yes, it limits the amount of times you can quote move in a year. So yeah, like, you it's like an all or nothing thing and you have to use those like moves up if you want to watch something so if i was like one week somewhere and another week somewhere else like back and forth six or seven times then i had to choose where i wanted hulu most essentially so if netflix is doing that kind of thing like obviously that's like anomalous but it's like still frustrating for folks who are like, I am above board. I pay my dues and I want to watch the whole idea of Netflix is like, I could watch it from anywhere. I could watch it from my phone. I could, you know what I mean? Like it's my account and I should, you know, so I think geography is a little bit, it's like the best indicator for implementing something like this, but it's also could like screw over some people, I think, or become an inconvenience or frustrating depending on how they do it. Yeah. I think that they, I think that's like they do it a lot here too with the services that are in, that are Canada exclusive, basically because they can. So they just dial it. They like opt for as restrictive as possible, right? Which ignores edge cases, um, and then punishes people who are legitimate. But I guess you're like, well, yeah, we know that's going to happen, but it's only X percent of users, and we're fine with that switch, especially because we know they have nowhere to go. So <laughs> yeah. Like, that's They'll really that's shitty. Yeah. yeah. If that's what they end up doing, I feel like because they're doing a test, like they're very being very intentional, but trying to avoid that as much as possible. And we'll see if they are successful in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're a lot is going to ride on this test, I imagine. I think they're going to end up doing some form of this regardless. It's just, it'll be the degree to which they are aggressive or not that ends up being decided through the test. Yeah, I think that that's probably right. Yeah, so Netflix, don't screw this up. Don't screw it up, or else nothing, because we have or else no nothing. Yeah, do whatever <laughs> you want. Like there, it's like <laughs> because without Netflix, this podcast is nothing. So we're yeah, none of exactly. us is canceling our subscription. Not even this podcast. I mean, like life as we know it. I mean, I feel I like don't it's know our only lifeline at this point, <laughs> given the way the world's going. Yeah, like what the fuck. We trust your judgment, Netflix. Please don't take my account away. Please don't take our. I lives think you're away. great. You're <laughs> I best. mean, not to give you too much power, but <laughs> but you have all the power, away. and we're aware of the dynamic. <laughs> all right, let's talk about Turning Red, um, which yeah. was which is a Pixar film. Um, it is directed by Domi Shi, who also directed the short film Bao a couple years ago. Yeah, it felt like that. Yeah, it, you know, kind of the first uh pixar film to really and both first at a short length and now at a feature length to really kind of explore uh kind of like an asian immigrant experience i was going to say asian american but um they're they're in toronto so i mean unless you mean i guess yeah. asian north american she is but she's not in the u.s yeah Good. i think it's stupid to 
to <laughs> even call it a whole continent, North America. Like we shouldn't call it that. We should call it some other. We don't deserve Wait, it. What? America, America. Oh, I see. Like get America all, out of like, that. To have its name in both these two continents, like we well, lost that right. I feel like I th- at some point. I think the long. real crime is that everyone agreed to shorten because. You went and named your country stupid because you're like, let's call it the United States of America, which is, I guess, in deference to this weird thing you have going where like all the states have a lot of autonomy or whatever. But then then you were like, oh, what? well, people can just colloquially call it America. And that was the real crime because it's like, no, 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 you don't get that second thing because America right. is a shared. Everyone America. on the North and South continent should be able to claim America and people in the US should not have any special claim on it. Yeah, I agree. That's fine. Oh, we good. Do, we figured yeah, it out. Yeah. Look at us. <laughs> we do a lot problems. of geopolitical problem solving. Maybe we won't need Netflix after all if we keep at it this, at this rate. That's what the show will be about? We just need no, a no, really super long episode to solve it oh. all. We need a two or three. If we just do another two or three hour episode, we'll, we'll get it all solved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what were you saying? <laughs> I have over the last years, I think there was definitely a period, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago where I was like just excited about every single Pixar movie and, and followed it, followed it super closely. And then, um, over time, you know, I, I feel like the quality, you know, they, they started to make more movies, more sequels. And, and so they had, didn't have that sort of amazing, consistency that that they had with like Wally and Ratatouille and and up right. um but but that occasionally I'll still like catch up on a on a Pixar film and it'll be amazing I mean Soul is one of my favorite movies of the last few years and um given again the the background of the director and the subject matter I, I definitely wanted to watch Turning Red and I, I would say that I liked it I, I didn't love it necessarily but I thought it was a pretty solid Pixar movie yeah, I mean, I I liked it a lot. I think I haven't. I don't remember the last Pixar movie I watched. Um, Soul. Oh, you I didn't watch, watch Soul. Soul with I haven't watched Soul. I, I watched watch Soul. Soul is great. You should watch it. What? There's like okay. I haven't. I even watched Moana. Is that Pixar or is that just no. Disney? I don't know. That's. Just I watched Disney. Coco like kind of begrudgingly because everyone was talking about it. And yeah, I haven't I watched, watched that. Soul. I wanted to watch Onward, but I didn't. So that's kind of where I'm standing in the Pixar right. universe. What's Encanto then? That's not Pixar? I think that's... It's so hard to keep track. I think that's Disney. Right. Yeah. yeah, I guess that distinction probably matters less than... Well, they're starting to, to look more and more similar, right? So that's right. part of the problem. It's like the animation is colliding in a way. Disney's right. getting better. And Pixar's right. staying the same-ish. But yeah, I mean, my point is like, I've I also used to be like, oh yeah, Pixar. And then I lost full complete interest in, in any of the disney or pixar like it, it is not Toy on my Story priority 4 list or five no, or whatever the most that. recent one is or is the most that. recent i didn't see that one i saw it but it was pretty I think gruesome it's... to be honest <laughs> i feel like that's kind of the direction that toy story has gone and is like <laughs> toy story what is the most rope. upsetting thing we can put into a kid's movie not in like i kind of wanted to get emotional trauma it's real morose. dark then. it's like i'm excited yeah. for it to go like gritty is that I do in think, the cards kind of maybe i don't know but like i do think that there's i saw a tweet recently which colors a lot i think a lot of what i saw on the internet colors my mm-hmm. feelings about turning red in general like and how mm-hmm. i approached it but i did see a tweet that was like i forget exactly what they listed but it was like turning red onward and one other 
Pixar film, maybe Toy Story 4 or maybe it was Coco. I don't know. Um, they were essentially saying like they gave up on these like big fantastical things and started talking about shit that actually would happen to children, like mm-hmm. pretty real life issues, even if like told through symbol or fable or whatever. Um, and I, I liked that, right? Like, I do think that that's a, the right direction, like onward. I didn't see onward, but I think it's pretty much about a boy's dad passing away and dealing with that. Right. Like yeah, taking some bigger real life issues that kids are going to have to deal with at some point. And being like, okay, but this can be not as scary and, but also real and make you feel things, but here's how you could deal with it. Like, I think that that's a better approach than like, this is something totally random that has nothing to do with you or your actual life, you know? Right. Although I think that Pixar in general has always been this mix of fairly fantastical things, but trying to like get at like real emotional stuff. Right. Um, They've always aimed first allegory or something. Right. right? Like Toy Story being the biggest example where, yeah, the toys coming to life is very fantastical, but it's also about like the process of aging and moving on from childhood. Right. Yeah. Which most Disney fans don't because they love it so much and become weird. Which I think we should address at some point, but I don't Panzer. know if we need to do it. Now. Yes, well, I'll right. clip it out we and just... send it to. Listen, Panzer I don't. Right now. I'm not. I don't want to say specifically Panzer because that's fine. I just well, think this also, adult like, Disney fan thing up. is weird. I don't I love the adult Disney too. fan thing. I I'm willing to put a plant a flag on that one, and I'll say I think it's pretty fucking weird. You guys like if good. Here's that. Well, we're at. We all agree. <laughs> Take a good weird. hard look, and especially, I mean, it's probably likely <laughs> the likeliest that you're listening to this episode of all our episodes. So yeah, he's we brought you here for an intervention. This is a to trick. judge you. I mean, I just don't. Maybe I don't understand it or get it. No, it's not just cancer. Is he's talking about the right. general? I'm just talking about anybody who is a fans. grown ass Disney right. super fan. I well, I think the two again. I agree, but with. The caveat that I don't necessarily think it's that much sillier than being an adult Star Wars fan or an adult Marvel I do. fan. Good point. I mean, and I also, sort of like dressed up and I have recently graduated acceptable. from those things, but <laughs> oh, you're not. It a took Star me Wars a long time. I am. It's, I'm a fan. I think it is fine and entertaining. I would not describe myself as a f- fanatic anymore. Right. Here's the difference I that I think is important, right? In those things, like maybe you can go to like a Marvel, I don't know, Universal Studios, but Universal Studios is a different experience than uh, going to Disneyland. Disneyland. Yeah. yeah, very different. Like I remember yeah. being a kid and doing the the Florida tour of parks and being scared shitless at Universal Studios. Like it was not enjoyable. Yeah, I was like, this was isn't like, a ride. I'm dying. Oh, it's Freddy's going to go at your face or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like absolutely terrifying. Whereas in the world, you're like, this is heaven, you know? Like, so I, I, I think it's a different experience to go to Disney World as an adult without a child. I also think it's a silly experience to go to Disney World as an adult with a child under the age of like five. Agreed. Like, I don't know what you're doing there. They're not going to remember it. And you're literally just towing around a small child for no reason. Right. It's good. It's forming the basis of their personality. That's the key. And that's good. <laughs> and he just <laughs> peeked around the corner at me. Like, I don't know if I was being judged or I'm in trouble or she agrees, <laughs> anything. All of the above. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that I, I mentioned Marvel and Star Wars partly because I am still a little bit of 
a fanatic for those things. I mean, certainly way less than I used to be. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's that it's good as an adult to have at least some sense of perspective that it's not for you or at least not primarily for you. Um, and and certainly with going back to turning red, I, I would, Im- I think probably the ideal audience. We're, for this. No, we're busy solving the world's oh. problems. Oh, okay. Today. Okay. Yeah, go right. back and wait. <laughs> The world problem now is Disney, adult Disney, Disney fans. Adult, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, one thing at a time. Right? Let's solve the things we can solve, like adult Disney fans. Um, <laughs> and I do think, like, turning red. Well, actually, it does tie, tie back to turning red in the sense that um, I don't want to, like, make this the focus of the whole review. But but sort of one of the things that's worth discussing is there is a whole online backlash against this review where basically somebody said, oh, Pixar used to make films that were universal and uh, like had like universal human emotions. And now they're being becoming like much more specific and um, mm. a movie like this Turning is Red. very universal. Yeah. But I mean, on the other side, it's also just someone who can't see. That's right. It was a white guy. And you're like, paradigm. oh, I see. Like when you mean universal, you mean white white guy mostly male well, characters. white yeah white male characters don't or white male humans probably don't and maybe exception for daryl i don't know don't like realize that their outbursts of emotion and hormonal surges are universal <laughs> <laughs> yeah. other people have them they don't even recognize them as that they're just like i'm a person who's a person what are you talking right, about right right Wait, you, what are you saying mine are universal or i don't have them <laughs> i'm it? saying like you maybe an exception to not to be to the awareness that comes up oh I around see. that being a thing that is universal like right it's only because of my um radical lefty college education but yeah probably. otherwise i but would like have a dude no. a white dude punches a wall and he's like this is just a experience that is a person that is experienced that's but like, everybody does a that. woman is like how could you possibly do that and he's like don't be so emotional you're being you're on your period yeah right like that you're on your period because you're bothering me about this wall punching yeah why would you yell at me about punching a wall like that's a normal thing to do for me that's just the human experience right there the human condition i mean i will say i have punched walls i mean when very (laughs) i've had a period well come on well no i mean like when i when i very angsty you know teen barely teen or whatever that's what the but... movie is about though exactly, <laughs> to be fair yeah. turning red is like hey we all have our moments right where we you know our emotions take control and that's okay like learn to at least be aware of it right right like, you don't even have to always control it as long as you're just like aware of it and it's right impact on others yeah but i always thought that was abnormal i'm saying when I did that, like, it is abnormal to punch a wall. Like we shouldn't yeah. lean into that. But it's okay <laughs> if you do. If you if you slip up and you punch a wall, let's just learn from it. That's all. Yeah, right. I hung a picture over it, right. and then uh, my parents found it many art. many years later, and they <laughs> were like, "Huh." It's always nice when your parents find out something like way way later, and then they're like, "Well, I guess it can't, can't do anything can't about it now." now. Yeah. So much time. <laughs> and I mean, beyond sort of like the kind of racial dy- and, and gender dynamics of like a white guy saying like, oh, I couldn't see myself in this story. I do think that there's also like uh, something that I'm increasingly convinced of, which is that the best way to get to sort of universal emotion and ideas is usually through the specific, because otherwise you just end up with something that's sort of very bland and generic. And so yeah. mm-hmm. turning red is like very 
specific in a lot of ways, but then because of that- Hyperbolic almost. Yeah, people can then see themselves in different elements. And certainly there are elements of the main character's experience that I didn't relate to, but there were many, many, many things that I did relate to. Yeah. Yeah, I related to a lot of it, to be honest, as like not uh, an immigrant and as a white person, but as a female. Like I, I felt like the whole need to please your parents, like that again was very hyperbolic, right? And like make your parents proud, do what they think or say was is very hits me at a very core level. Um, and like having really strong emotional feelings about not doing those things as well, right? And I don't, mm-hmm. I. I do feel like that's pretty universal. I mean, I can't say that everyone wants to make their parents proud. Some people don't, and some people, you know, despise their parents from a young age or whatever, some place in between in the middle of that spectrum. But like, I don't, there's nothing about the immigrant experience or even the female experience that I think precludes people from relating to that, I don't think. Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, that was the part where I was like struck the most by contrast to my own personal experience, especially at that age. But I didn't like dismiss it immediately and go like, oh, well, that wasn't my experience. It was like, oh, that's the experience of like, it's so interesting to me that somebody else can feel this strong drive to want to please their parents when like, I feel like especially that there was like an immediate switch flipped of like, oh, well, like rebel. I don't give a shit about that. Like, I mean, you know, I, I think that I think it's, again, just about cultural context. Like, I think there's like a, a North American white guy teen perspective that is essentially like you turn 13 and then you start doing drugs and smoking or whatever. Like, not to that extreme, oh, but like. Okay it's uh, for me it was a pretty marked switch and it was like pretty quick and even before that i wasn't like just because of the way my parents are very left-leaning liberal and they brought me up in that way and the upbringing was like kind of like no pressure sort of yeah. situation a lot of the time and then so there was no like strong desire to please them or live up to their expectations because i didn't even realize that they had any essentially right so wow i think that that context is very different white man i mean you could say it was good (laughs) i mean i think it did me a disservice in some ways but yes but but it probably did i mean like that's probably i mean the no pressure parenthood is probably like or closer to that is probably the right way to go and i mean like we're learning generationally over and over again who's it it's like adam grant danny's a big adam grant fan do you guys know who mm, he is no. he's like the new renee brown kind of oh, okay. like hmm. here's how you think and live and love and work or whatever but he had some post and laugh you can't leave out laugh um <laughs> would burn it um he he had some posts on instagram that i really liked recently that was like living to please your like focusing on your ancestors and living to like please your parents is like less than making sure your your kids are proud of you right Mm. and like that we should be thinking about what we're our legacy rather than the legacy we're trying to live up to. And I think that there's probably like a general societal shift in that direction, or at least I hope so. But I'm not sure what point I was trying to make here other than sharing that. Right. No, but that is, that that is something that people struggle with. I mean, that everyone has a different experience of it because everyone's parents are different. Everyone's parents come from a different cultural context, but there's, 
you know, most people do have some kind of relationship with their parents that's complicated. Um, and right. They can probably yeah. relate to. And this was know, still elements. super hyperbolic for me, right? Like my parents weren't like overbearing in what I was like, I had certain rules. Like I had to maintain right. a certain level of my grades in order to play sports, for example. Hmm. But like, Wow, that would not have been motivation for me. I would have been like, oh, oh yeah, you want to play that? <laughs> but like, I mean, I just, I got it done, right? And it wasn't like a big deal. I didn't think of it as like a lot of pressure on me. It was just like, oh, this is the standard to which I need to, it wasn't right. like it was stressing me out or anything. But I think naturally as a person, I like loved my parents and I felt their love and I wanted to make them happy, right? Like maybe the people pleaser in me is stronger than others. I don't know. But I just like wanted to please my parents. So, but they weren't like, you have to do this or you, you can't do that or whatever. Or if you don't achieve this, then we're not proud of you anymore. There was nothing like that in my life. But I could yeah. still relate to Mei Mei's experience, right? Like in some way that she like felt it deep down in her soul to, yeah. to come through for them. I suspect my parents are probably cl a little closer to, to her parents in that way that there was a lot of strictness and expectation. But even so, her parents are stricter than, than, than mine were. I mean, particularly her mother. Um, and, and so we should say that the basic setup of, of the film is that uh, May lives, is, is a 13 year old. Um, I get if there's, they're Chinese, right? Yeah. They're Chinese, uh, Chinese. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least it seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. And her parents, specifically her mom, actually runs uh, a temple, a in, temple in Toronto. And, uh, you know, that she has this very close and loving relationship with, with her mother, especially, but it's also very, very strict. And um, that sort of becomes a much bigger issue when she discovers that there's also this, uh, that basically- Ancestral. Ancestral, yeah, like, it's, curse isn't the right something. word, but like condition where it, when basically when she hits puberty, then um, anytime she feels strong emotion, she turns into a giant red panda. Yes, mm -hmm. that's the, the setup. And, and that the expectation from the parents is essentially that, oh, th this happens in every generation and there's a way to deal with it, which is basically Curate. to banish and, and capture the, the panda and, and suppress it entirely. Yes. Right. But the only ritual. way you can do that successfully is by keeping it at bay until the night of the ceremony. Right. So like, don't let it out too much. Yeah. There's a sense that the more you let it out, the more, the harder it is to get rid of it yeah. permanently. The stickier it gets. Yeah. I don't think I'm so curious about, I don't know for sure if that temple exists. I don't think it does. I don't hmm. think anything equivalent to that exists, but that I, Chinatown exists and it was very close to where I used to live. And I think it was depicted well, but yeah. And the, it was cool to see all the other fun Toronto references in there too, like the streetcar. They made the streetcars look cuter than they do in real life, but it's still a streetcar. Okay. The two pre-spoiler things that I maybe want to add before we get in are mm -hmm. one that like, I felt like a lot of the social media conversation around this, it felt like it was explicitly going to be about a young girl getting her period. And yeah, I think I was I, like fixated on that. I was pretty fixated on that too. And Tara will, if you asked her about, cause I was constantly like, so what 
does this mean metaphorically <laughs> when you have your period? Yeah, it was almost like my fixation on the literal made it really hard for me to like get into the the metaphor or the symbol, yeah. right? Like I was, cause I was prepped to be like, Pixar's doing a movie about periods, let's fucking go. And then like she turned into a red <laughs> panda and I was like, this isn't the same thing. Um, so I think that that like threw me off a little bit, but I think ultimately by the end of the film, I was like, okay, like this is probably the right way to do it. <laughs> than yeah, what yeah. I had pictured in my head, but like, and it's not a one-to-one no. It's not like about periods, right? Like it's about puberty, I feel like more right. than anything else, right? Like exactly. coming of age, coming into yourself, like trying to deal with the cha- the the changes of growing up. And, and periods are a part of that, but they're not far from right. The only it's thing. exactly. It's like a it's a, if anything it was like more the hormonal piece of it, right? Of like becoming a teenager. We all like suddenly lose our fucking minds when we're teenagers and can't right. think past the moment, right? And our emotions are crazy. So I think that was more what it was about than anything else. Although I appreciated the like very quick reference to like, is the red peony blooming, right? And like the pads yeah. and stuff. Like at least they included that bit because I think there is there's a big anatomical piece to puberty as well for both boys and girls, but certainly for girls um that at least can't be like erased or mm-hmm. or skipped over i think um and then the other thing that i'll say is just that i thought the i loved bow and i thought that this was like pretty beautiful and in fact i think the red panda itself and those animations were my least favorite like i actually thought oh, like I the, thought the realistic... red panda looked very good i like the fur no, it looked good. Like it did not look good, but I just thought the like the realistic bits, right? Like particularly like the food sequence, which you expect from the bow maker, mm-hmm. right? But like that first food sequence with the dad, I was like, yeah. this is amazing. Like mm. it blew my mind a little bit. And there's just a lot. That I-, I thought it was really a-, a fun, fun to watch. It was like visually pretty stunning. It was. It was really nice looking. And that's even aside the fact that it was like hitting all the Toronto spots for me. And then like, it was, it was definitely like, a, it was like, oh, this is Toronto. Cause especially right now, like right now it's like the t- time of the season where everything's, it's like warm for the first time Blimey. and uh, stuff is just like melting, but very, very slowly. And in the process, it just turns to like weird mud ice that looks disgusting and so everything is covered in this layer of absolute fill so i was constantly like oh i can see how this is strong if you just scrubbed it all fucking super clean. super clean yeah <laughs> to not look like gross which well, that's is what the I, beauty like, of pixar of films in general right like yeah. there's never much grime even the grime is pretty when they yeah. do it right yeah. it's like Everything looks had, delicious. Everything looks like, I don't know. It looks edible. Yeah, like, oh, this would taste good. I was starving but... the whole movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> even though there's not like a ton of food, there's like enough food for me to the be like, I need good. dumplings right fucking now. Like, yeah. And the cooking close ups and stuff really, it, that I think they did a really good job with the food animation. Um, the Sky Dome also super cool. And the Daisy cool, Mart. Yeah. Daisy Mart is real too. So those are all real references to real stuff oh, thanks. from canada cool. yeah real i stuff also from liked canada, um, tyler's house i thought that was like pretty good 
the pool. Mm-hmm. I like Tyler too. I mean, I, I liked the way they I animated like all the kids, but you guys Tyler was Tyler? a good example. Yes. No, I mean, just the way they animated him and that they captured him. in the same way that you were talking about, I like him as grime, a person. That the grime is pretty is that like they can make all the kids realistically awkward and ungainly in the way that that you know pre like tweens and teenagers are yeah yeah mm-hmm. was, but they were still like very like like cute attractive. and ish yeah. yeah totally yeah that yeah. was a good good mix i don't like tyler i mean i don't tyler's redeemable as a child but like i right. wouldn't say that i like tyler right yeah like, he's good he's cool yeah he makes <laughs> fun of the other kids because of his insecurity i think that's he's just cool full too. of insecurities it's fine <laughs> it's not fine we, we can talk about that a little maybe in spoilers i think the one other thing i wanted to say beyond just totally agreeing that the animation is amazing and, and i think it's one of the best looking pixar and animated movies I've, I've seen um is that the the movie also doesn't take place in contemporary toronto it takes place in toronto of like 20 yeah. years ago and i love that that like you know the people are like carrying disc mans and Flip the cultural phones. references are like yeah yeah uh, which i assume is basically the era that the director grew up in but is, i think is... that's part of the reason and then i thought another reason was plot wise i thought that they did it ex- expressly so that there's no such thing as smartphones and social so media. that she can't reach her kid right like well i mean a big part of it is like may experiencing right. her freedom and if you have in today's landscape a 13 year old has an iphone that their location can be tracked and they can be reached at any time and text their parents right. and their parents can text them right so there's a piece of it like plot wise that couldn't allow for that and yeah i think social media with teenagers is a big piece too yeah that they can't because in a, it also just helps like constrain because you're you already they're already asking Red you to come along a on a leap of like yeah yeah and it's like well this couldn't become like a global sensation it's just kind of like stays within the domain of like the people who know it locally, which is like just a less, less of a leap, less of an imaginary leap and then less complicated because story-wise it was balloon, like massively. It was like a global sensation and Instagram blowing it up or whatever. Yeah. Right. That's true. Could have made a lot more money quicker though for that concert. Yeah. Could have minted a couple coins or whatever. Only fans at Red Panda. Yeah. That's creepy that I said it that way, but like, I just, just the same exact thing that happened, but just with a, I feel like it's not, you're not alone there. Cause there were a couple moments in this movie where I was like, "Uh Oh, is this, is this a signal to the furry community? And I don't want it to be. And I want (laughs) to, I wasn't thinking that that. at all. We're not on the same page. I was literally just thinking fun, cute Panda videos that you could pay for to be clear. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not have nothing to do with either side there i'm, I'm just saying okay. <laughs> maybe let's, we just cut this bit i don't know we'll think about cut, it cut, 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 cut. <laughs> let's uh let's move into spoilers so if you have not watched turning red and you do not want to know what happens you should stop listening now okay you've been given okay. enough time if you haven't exited that's your problem now it's absolutely yeah. your problem um so i don't know i'll what say i like this i like the scope of the of the of the problem the, like i liked how it got so out of control that it was like kaiju level i thought that was very good uh and kept it in the realm of like like elevated it from i think we were talking about like like that's why i don't understand complaints of like well it's too like too like tied to people's real problems and not ones that i'm related to because i'm like no it's still like a very fantastical movie and fun yeah totally right like and yeah, so I like that about it. 
Um, yeah. I like that there's lots of pandas in it and not just one panda. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pandas. I, I mean, so maybe one thing that we could talk about, the only thing that feels like truly spoilery to me is at the very end when May decides to keep her panda. And yeah. like, this to me is where maybe I'm just dumb, but this to me is where like the metaphor felt a bit lost. Like she kept her period. Yeah. I, I don't, maybe not her period. Maybe that's a little, <laughs> let's backtrack from that. But like, I think that her mom, like there was a moment when they're in the like other world where her mom is like, I'm sorry. I felt a lot of pressure. I don't, you can be who you want to be. Right. Uh-huh. Like, and I'll love you no matter what, because I'm your mom. And it felt like that was like, the only reason to keep your panda is if you have to fight that, right? But if there's nothing to fight anymore, then getting rid of this like kind of weird thing, but being free is a, like, it feels like getting rid of the panda is realizing, hey, I was wild in my teenage years. Like there was, yeah, it's okay that I was, but I was out of control and I've like found a way to level off. Right. And like, at least be aware of the fact that my emotions don't have to run every second of my life. And we all like come out more balanced adults, hopefully. So like that part was confusing to me because it was like, you've been given a pass to get rid of the Panda, but still feel emotions and like express yourself and like take on new interests so I don't know. That was the part that like confused me a little bit. I, I So the way I interpreted it, and I do think that part of the, the challenge, right, is whenever you have a metaphor like this, I think that it will never be a perfect one-to-one. Right. right. It can um, be translated for everyone differently. Right. And and also just because once you have a sort of fantasy metaphor, it kind of takes on a life of its own and it has to have its own internal logic too. Um, but to me, it's, it's, it's less about sort of the panda, but more like, the act of imprisoning the panda is 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 an act of taking everything that's kind of um, everyone else messy did it. and everyone and else did it, but it, it's because I think they had. I think it's meant to be really like, bad that they did. Yes, <laughs> that, yeah, that, and and that it's almost a tragedy that they imprisoned their pandas again. That ideally all of them would sort of make peace with their pandas, but in in a different way. But that it's sort of too late for them, and it's kind of their decision. Um, but that the the accommodation that may comes to which is not letting your panda out all the time but like figuring out how to make peace with it how to let it out when it makes sense um is a much healthier way to deal with it than to just lock it all up and pretend it doesn't exist to commoditize it like i this is again where like the metaphor starts to become confusing to me because she's like oh i'll just do the panda at the temple and we'll make some money off of it like right i mean that 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 starts to be a little silly like yeah that that i don't think is meant to be aspirational that's more just like a fun thing i think the the i'm gonna monetize my hormones then we're really well i'm not gonna say that (laughs) i i I think it's more the idea that like to, to 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 imprison it and to deny it is is bad, and and I think that not to say this is only something that happens in in like Asian immigrant com- uh, communities, but I think that that's certainly a strong. There's a, certainly a strong thread there of like repression, and it's about yeah. like emotional repression, and that she's finding a way to to break free of that. Yeah, right. To me, that's what it was. It was it was like oh, everyone else has selected to permanently be repressive, and like this side of them, and and like 
I don't know. I mean, I guess it's kind of sad, but it's also kind of like not necessarily sad because nobody seemed to regret their choices. And the pandas they even depicted as like, oh, the pandas are happy to be here in this uh, weird ghost world or whatever. But like, it's, she gets an advantage that none of them have from making a different choice, right? And like, and it, uh, to me, it was kind of like a, it was like a, maybe like a diaspora message of like, look, like, yes, this has been the way that culturally people have done it for generations, but it wasn't necessarily the right way. And it's okay to let in some of where you are now combined with some of where you came from and then have like a hybrid approach, right? But yeah. Yeah. And I guess there's also some significance to the fact that uh, May's mother, um, Ming, seems to have to in a lot of ways be kind of like the most straight laced and to have right. like, gone the most dramatically from rebelling really hard to being like the most responsible and therefore her panda is like is massive is yeah just this insane giant because on some level she wasn't able to kind of make people, i mean like she's the, on that pivot point right like it's probably the most difficult for her right i guess i mean i don't think they really explain specifically whether she's first generation or not right but or may is first generation i don't know but it it does seem like she is the one with the most pressure put upon her oldest temple in toronto so my guess would be that right may is that would not be uh difficult i don't think but yeah so yeah it could be like 25 years (laughs) yeah i mean i guess maybe the like immigrant part like the cultural part was I think it's just like my logical brain is like, okay, these are the rules that you've set up in this, in this Mm. story where extreme emotion brings out this panda. Right. Right. And like, I just couldn't help, but extrapolate that out for the rest of her life when she's like handed her baby for the first time (laughs) or having sex for the first time or at the end of the altar or like, right. Like, and I'm like are you gonna turn into a panda over and over and over again in these like clutch moments of your life and like potentially hurt something or someone you know I I don't know that part like just hung on me but she has I guess potentially she could think about her friends or whatever else calms her and and bring her down right I mean it works for like the tests that they gave her as a 13 year old too Right. right but like life only becomes more and more extreme. So like, right. are you just constantly fighting that your whole, I don't know. It's just like, or do you, or do you just make room for you in your life for that? Like, Oh, probably by the way, like I at my wedding ceremony, I'm going to turn into a panda. Be ready. Don't worry about it. It's Ugh. just going to happen. Yeah. God, bust the dress all over the place. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, less pressure on the dress in a way. Cause then it, you know, it's gotta be disposable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, beyond the metaphoric resonance, I just really, the moment when you see the giant kaiju panda, mm. I love that. That was great. Yeah. yeah. What's the giant kaiju panda? Is that her mom? Thing? Mother. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Wow. It was like, holy shit. And they do a pretty good job of revealing it like within the sky dome or in the context of the sky dome. So you have a understanding of scale pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're like, oh shit. 
I also loved Four Town, the boy band. Four Town was very good. So well done. And like the fact that it's called Four Town and there's five members that bugged me the whole time too. And then it's <laughs> like, what the hell? Why would, yeah. or is it Ming? One of them was like, why would there be, why would they called Four Town if there's five of them? It's so dumb. And I was like, yes, that is so dumb. It is dumb. But they were done really well. Like one fosters injured pigeons and like (laughs) (laughs) to be fair that's a that's a gag from the tina fey what because what's that one called tina fey's girl group one oh uh girl uh uh, girls five Five ever yeah and i don't think there's five of them or there's something no there are five of them but then oh but it just doesn't it breaks the forever right um yeah, it was good though. I I did like them a lot. I think, yeah, I think it's the like it was a little bit, and and this is, I think this is good. But it was a thing where you're like, oh, in the era, like they did some revisionist history about like what the makeup of a group like that would be oh, for yeah. the time. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. But totally. it it is like it's like a it's like good to highlight that through that mechanism i think right because yeah. it's like oh yeah realistically any group at that time probably would have been like five here's what it should have white been. guys right k-pop right. wasn't even like in the realm of like public perception in like a north american context really right i'm like yeah yeah so but it, but that it's like a very affectionate send up it's not like oh this is dumb and anyone who like this is no, no no it's acknowledging yeah. what was no. silly about it but also with like a lot of love yeah. nostalgic yeah exactly yeah somewhat respectful for that era um i mean i guess like my cl- closing thoughts on turning red i don't know if we're 100 ready for that but i do have sure. a hard stop in 10 minutes is that like i generally liked it and thought it was cute i laughed and it made me hungry so it's like nice to look at i wasn't like the metaphor threw me but i think that's the internet's fault not pixar's fault mm. and then I'll just say, I think like closing the loop on what I said earlier about that tweet that I read. I mean, I think it was generally commendable for Pixar to be approaching this the way that they did. It didn't feel like, I don't know that I have a line personally as like a non-parent as a, you know, 33 year old, I don't really care what Pixar does or doesn't do, but like it was just in the sweet spot for me where they're approaching things like, for example, when May is drawing pictures of the Daisy Mart guy and draws like his pecs and his abs. Yeah. Like the fact that Pixar was willing to say like, hey, a 13 year old is starting to have thoughts and feelings, right? About these things. And like, it's all good. It's okay. Right. Like that to me is, um, is good. I'm glad yeah. that, that that's the direction we're, we're headed in because I think that that's right. Especially, in yeah. The I mean, the like, internet don't say gay and like Florida freaking out about you know, like good, good for Pixar. Right. right. Yeah, the internet furor was like obviously all stupid. I mean, I don't know. Well, it's wrapped but... up in like current events, right? Like there are whole swaths of people who think that like kids go to school and their teachers like, all right, let's talk more about sex and being transgender. Like, do you want to be yeah. transgender? Right. Yeah. Like, Maybe you should. Maybe you should be. Huh? Yeah. Have you thought hard about it? Just try it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Like, that's not, I don't think that that's at all what's happening in schools, but like, there's a big group of people that feel that way. So when they see a movie that's like, wait, we're now like normalizing the fact that a 13 year old might think about a boy's pecs, that's fucked up. 
it's like no it's not it's actually pretty much how it goes yeah yeah there was a great tweet it was like i don't i forget who just who wrote it unfortunately but it was oh pixar like screw you now i have to explain to my kids what toronto is (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i thought it was great and um i would say that you know there are to me like a handful of pixar films that are just like transcendently just like great movies that like can reduce me to tears every time i watch them this is not quite at that level but but it's Mm. very good and that overall this sort of shift towards the default pixar protagonist not just being a white boy or white guy i think is is great and and um you know more of that please yeah i agree i mean yeah i again i've kind of like pixar has never been something that i have like gone wacko over i've enjoyed them and i enjoyed this one and i think i don't know i really i I liked it i recommend it to everyone but um yeah it's like i'm still in the mode of like yeah i guess a pixar movie is a pixar movie right so that hasn't changed that for me but uh i feel like i i feel like i would enjoy them better if they just didn't have this like already loaded like expectation around like oh it's a pixar movie and then all the associations that come along with that like i thought this was a great movie and it was like to me provoked similar feelings and reaction as like into the spider-verse or something and i was like Mm -hmm. it's i think it's better to to be able to compare movies that are like oh animated movies and like right across and as opposed to being like in this in the framework of like the pixar movie right then it's kind of like has these boundaries but i think this did a good job of like not really adhering to a a lot of that right and like breaking out of that and so i i will encourage people to think about it outside of like the associations and stipulations that you have with pixar right all right. Well, if you have seen Turning Red and you have thoughts of your own, you can shoot us an email, info at originalcontentpodcast.com. That's info at originalcontentpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Original Content. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and leave us a positive review in Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice. Thank you so much for listening. Daryl and Jordan, I'll talk to you next week. Later. Bye-bye.